0: You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney prior to and during questioning. If you can't afford one, the court will point one for you. You understand your rights? by the victims of the crime or the perpetrators who committed the crimes. My descriptions of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you are going to get offended, turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And I'm your host, Woody Overton. And joining me... The fourth week in a row, my co host Jim the Hitman rapping. What's up, Jim?
1: What's going on, 28?
0: How you doing tonight? <laughs> Yo, I'm doing well, doing well. The uh, y'all, so here we go again. Um, part four on who murdered Courtney Coco, and we're going to get our standard apology for any sound issues or whatever out of the way. I mean, I've literally been on the road. I just, I hadn't got off the road and, and I just don't have time to edit it and, and do all that fancy, fancy stuff. Now, Jim has been doing what Jim does best. And we, I I know he has over 2000 pages of documents that, um, in his possession now. And he's been going through things in, What you're getting when when you get it unedited like this with the homes and me not having a script or an outline or anything to go by, or Jim not having to go by. it's I I told Jim this earlier today. It's almost like we're sitting in the detective office back in the day, kicking it, um, you know, planning on what we're doing. Right, Jim?
1: Oh, without a doubt. That's the best way to do it are those that.
0: We refer to them as jam sessions. That's right. So the, y'all really are getting in, in on a jam session on, on what we've done and where we're going on on this episode. But uh, it's just it's a lot, y'all. So again, we will apologize ahead of time for any editing issues or sound issues. And you know, if if it bothers you that much, and I guess you can just go away. But the what's important is courtney coco and who murdered her all right so jim has found a plethora of different different things um and just and y'all lifers have sharing and doing what you're doing man we've been getting some monster tips huh jim we have we've got some really
1: good tips things that uh have actually kind of helped connect the dots in some areas or just give you different ideas and thoughts of what way to, to take the case. But, um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of digging, a lot of research and then, you know, Woody and I'll get into it later on, but, uh, let's just say I found some shit.
0: Yeah. We've found found a lot of stuff in what he's done. See y'all, it's kind of like, being in a war. And and so first of all, it's not all on one person. It's on many different people of interest, right? So we have to come up with a battle plan on who we would approach first. And some people you can't just roll up on them and say, hey, we want to talk to you, right? We're not law enforcement anymore. And even if we were law enforcement, we we would have to get them past Miranda and, and not lawyering up. So we have to look at the big picture and that's where Jim does his matrixes and puts the puzzle together. And we say, okay, he says, okay, buddy, look, we got this and this and this, let's figure it out. You know, how we want to approach it, who we want to approach first, who we want to try to exclude first as as suspects, et cetera. Um, and so it's just a lot that goes into it and a lot of planning and stuff. And so you, you're not going to get everything in probably ten episodes but we're, we're gonna tell you uh, piece by piece some of the things that we have done and that have happened but keeping in mind that that's not all that we've done we've done volumes more well, I mean what it what you saying is basically
1: like yeah I'll come up with a matrix and I'll come up with different ways of what we need to do but Woody and I'll get on the phone and probably spend 45 minutes just talking about all the different ways that why this next move can either be positive or negative and is this the right person to go to or do we need to go this way and we will literally talk about every single scenario what could go right what could go wrong we you know and and hammer that out so that way we know the next move we're making is the right move Right, As you know, you can't go too fast. You have to take your time and be very methodical about what you're doing. That, and those are a lot of the jam sessions we have that you guys haven't had the chance to hear yet. Maybe you will hear soon.
0: Yeah, and the uh, and the very important aspect that uh, of that is on how to approach them. Uh, uh, each each person, it's almost like doing profile on them and figuring them out and and figure out if you have to approach them soft or hard or, or whatever. So but it's just a lie. And so we're going to tell you what happens on today's episode. Just know that we are weeks ahead um uh, in this investigation and we are going to do it or we're gonna die trying. So without a doubt. All right, so let's go um and Jim just jump in whatever you want. The On on a natural investigation, y'all, homicide investigation, you have a body, then you are going to almost always start with the people that are closest to the victim to rule them out, right? I mean, because most – it's a proven fact. Most homicides are, you know, committed by people who know each other. Uh, Um, So on this case, Courtney – is found in Winnie, Texas, and you know about the identification of the body, et cetera. And then uh of course we told you about the Detective Rabelais trying to get the search warrant and what transpired on all that last week, et cetera. But at some point Detective Rabelais comes to to Louisiana and he wants to, you know, interview witnesses or potential people of interest and stuff like that. But and I, when I talked to Rabla, he said, hey, I had to start with the family, right? I mean, straight up. And I was like, yeah, always. And, but we know Stephanie, the mom, was at the Hun camp with her husband and some friends, uh, Mr. Bobby, and some friends. And she, well, they got to her and pretty much excluded her pretty fast. Um, she did submit to a voice stress analyzer test, and I'm going to get to that in just a second, and of course she passed it with flying colors, and so she was exonerated. Now, voice stress analyzer, that is what is purportedly uh, a lie detection device, okay? Totally different thing than a polygraph. Uh, Now, in 2004, I, and I still don't think they have it t- to this day, anybody could buy a voice stress analyzer, we'll call it the VSA, and run it. Uh, you could buy one off of eBay and run it. And they've proven you have a better chance of flipping a coin and getting it right than using that. Now, these are studies, and I could quote them. Hold on. I don't normally do this. The, uh, I was looking at something earlier just to give y'all an idea
1: voice dress doesn't carry much weight it's
0: it's, it's crap. crap it's crap yeah that but have ever
1: heard on other investigations that they have they've done a voice dress it's like yeah well they didn't work out so well so now
0: we got to do it a different way. <laughs> yeah, well, let me let me tell you a, 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 a little bit about it and I was reading an article earlier but I know for a fact that you know, the polygraph I, I'm not going to read out of the article the polygraph is in the hands of a well-trained experienced examiner. The Department of Defense study shows it, it have up to 98% accuracy. They did the same studies and not only the uh, Department of Defense, but they they commissioned all these different universities to do the studies on the voice stress test. And they, the the studies went from straight out flat, unreliable to uh, all of them said you had less than a 50% chance. You have better chance of flipping a coin and getting it right than you use that. You have a, Less than 50% chance of getting it right on a voice stress test. All right. Why am I going there? The, when Stephanie, they brought her in, um, and gave her the voice stress test, she's passed, right? Well, then this week I had a chance to meet Courtney's, one of Courtney's sisters, and it was important. It said it was a natural progression in our investigation, right, Jim? And, and. It was. And as it was back in the day, and there's some reasons for it. Um, but the sister went over to Stephanie's house when she got the call about Courtney's body being there. And, uh, she got there, and the detective Green, Cedric Green, was at the table, um, talking to the family members by this time. And, uh, a person of interest came up and and the sister said, I know where I know where he lives. And Cedric Green asked her and her boyfriend to to go get the address off the house. I don't know why. and But anyway, the, a couple of days later, she gets, I, I think after the funeral, the sister gets a call from Cedric Green. And he said, hey, I need you to come in. And talk to me. We have some information in Courtney's case. It's, it's new information. I need you to come down here right now. And she thought, she, she said, Woody, well, yeah. I was like, okay. I, I mean, hell yeah. I, I want to know. So she called her mom and said, Hey, the, uh, Detective Green called me and said that he has, you know, new information in Courtney's case. You know, are you coming down there? And she was like, well, he didn't call me. And anyway, she, she goes to the police station and Green brings her in straight into a room with a polygraph and a polygraph examiner. And Green starts to question her and saying, hey, did you kill Courtney and, and you, uh, you better confess and, and all this stuff, right? Well, evidently Green went aboard her for a long time, uh, like for hours. And then it came time for the polygraph examiner to administer the test and she was so wigged out by the time they put the actual components on her you know you have the two tubes one goes across your upper chest and one goes across your abdomen and then uh you know the finger plates the measure skin uh, skin sweat and then the the uh, the arm pressure cuff etc and she said woody green didn't let me have a sip of water. He didn't, I mean, she said he was all over me for uh, this whole amount of time and kept asking me, did I kill my sister? And she said, when they put that stuff on me, she said, I freaked out. I tore it off. And I said, the, the hell with this, I'm not doing this. And she said, as she went to the door, the green tells her, if you don't come back in the morning, at 9 a.m., it's going to look like you murdered your sister. All right. So, how do we know this? I'm talking to the sister now. When I went to Texas and talked to Rabelais, he he confirmed that part of the story. He's but he said he wasn't in Louisiana. Green was supposedly handling things. Green calls him and says she refuses to take the polygraph. She refuses to take the polygraph and, you know, we need to be on her, et cetera, et cetera. And then Rabelais, Rabelais said he got off the phone with him and He said Green called back the next morning and said that he had this great new test he wanted to use or he was going to use on Courtney It's the best thing in the world, et cetera. Well, guess what? It was a voice stress analyzer. And, and he calls Rabelais back and says, look, she took the voice stress analyzer test and she failed and she failed measurably. And Rabelais was like, okay, I mean, maybe there's something to this, right? Well, when I was meeting with the sister, And as Jim knows, the the progression was we have because of what Rabelais told us about her. And first of all, uh, Rabelais, not Rabelais, Green said she refused to take a polygraph and then uh, she failed voice stress test. Well, hell, we got to go talk to her, right, Jim?
1: Absolutely. That's just the next steps. You have to do it.
0: And now you, you... he tricked her into going in the first day by saying it, it was new information. He didn't say anything about a polygraph. She gets in there. Let me tell you something. and be honest with y'all. The, uh, the, the studies do show the voice stress test, the one thing they do have going for it, that like 10% more of the people will actually tell the truth uh, when the device is set up in the room because uh, it scares them, right? But the… I talked to the sister in, at, in depth I and mean, spent a couple of hours with her the first day. And she was very cooperative, but she's still very, very distraught and very upset. But she tells me what really happened. She said she left that day when she was so upset and she called a family member that was high up in law enforcement and told him what happened. And, and he said, you go back in there tomorrow morning and you take that test. And you answer yes or no and don't add anything to your statement. Just go in there and, and tell the truth and answer yes or no. So the sister goes back 9 o'clock the next morning and meets the polygraph examiner. Now, this polygraph examiner, I can I can vouch for him. I know he's a good guy and uh, I know he's experienced, et cetera. The one that she told me it was. And he, yeah, and he treated her fairly and he, he went through the whole testing procedure and all that. You know, you're not supposed to try to jack somebody up hard and saying, you know, did you, uh, before you give them a polygraph and, and say you murdered your sister and you need to confess, that's not how it works. A polygraph. You go through the process, and then if they pass the test, then you exclude them. If they they don't pass, then you get into the interrogation phase, right? So, polygraph examiner treats her right, does it right. She takes the test, and the test, y'all, when it comes down to the actual testing part itself, you run at least under Louisiana law for two charts for it to be valid. Most times, you run three. That's That's asking the same questions three separate times. And guess what? She gets done with the polygraph, and the polygraph examiner tells her immediately. He said her first name, and he said, I know you had absolutely nothing to do with Courtney's murder. Be honest, shadow of a doubt. You passed a polygraph. You had nothing to do with it. So she gets up to leave and in pops our friend, detective green takes her into another room. And guess what? Go ahead, Jimmy. You can tell him what happened. Go
1: ahead. Sets her up for the voice dress analysis.
0: <laughs> Get this. She just passed a polygraph, which the Department of Defense, you know, 98% reliable. And the same studies, Department of Defense show that voice stress is less than 50% chance. But why would you take her? Why would you even get her to submit to a polygraph? She had a polygraph process an hour and a half to three hours at a minimum. It's not like right. the Mari Povich show, right? The, the I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. It, it's a tough process. And so she comes back in voluntarily because someone she trusts told her just go in there and tell the damn truth and, and answer yes or no. And, and, which was the right thing to do. Right. Right. And, and I absolutely agree with it. But, she goes in. She submits herself, and it's a grueling process to so a real polygraph examination. And the examiner, who is very well respected, the tells her, "No doubt in my mind, you didn't have anything to do with it." Now you know, I can't. I can't. This is probably speculation. On my, absolutely, it is speculation on my part, but. Nine times out of 10, in a criminal investigation like that, there's a two-way mirror, and, and Green and them would have been sitting on the other side watching for the results. But either or, he knew he damn well knew she passed a real polygraph test, wasn't letting it go. Takes her in for a voice stress test, and she said they ran two of them on me. And she's. I said, "Well, what happened at the end of it?" She said, "Nothing." I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "They didn't question you or anything." She said, "No, they they told me I passed it," and I was like, "Okay, here we go again." And got. um, I'm about to say a bad curse word. The 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 the, y'all, it is not bashing police if you are doing bad shit. It's telling. Facts, okay, and we just like the last couple of weeks and can't seem to get away from the actions of this dude, right? So he brings her in, they give her it was a totally different examiner, gives her the voice stress test, and she passes, let her go. He gets on the phone, immediately calls detective Rabelais. And says she failed the voice stress test and she failed it miserably. Not only did he lie about that, he lied or he lied by omission and never told Rabelais that she took a real polygraph, consented to it, took it, and passed it. And I know that for a fact because I confirmed it was te- Detective Rabelais myself. So we're right back at it. And, and it, I mean – Jim, you got to help me, dude. Because I know it. The the here's the deal, y'all. We believe it or not, we bleed blue. We came up, we dedicated our lives to law enforcement, and in to have to sit here and talk about talk about what's supposed to be a brother officer uh, just pisses me off. But what really pisses me off is, is how this, these things were handled. And Jim, say something about it because I'm going to get on a fucking rant.
1: It, look, Woody's right. You know, law enforcement out there, almost all of them that you encounter are hardworking, dedicated officers that are out there to help the community, um, you know, try to make it a better community, solve crimes and so on. They're wonderful. And we love them. We support them. But when you're wrong... You're wrong. And I can't, and I've sitting here and I racked my brain over this since we've got this information, and even over the last few weeks, and I just can't fathom why this guy has gone to such great lengths to screw it up. I I just don't understand, but more importantly, why would you not want to call the other detective who's working this with you or trying his best to work this with you and straight up lie him? Like you don't have to that. You don't have to do that. You know, law enforcement has their ways of, you know, whether we need to get somebody to talk or whatnot, there's ways that we can go about doing that. The one thing we don't do is we don't lie to one another and we just don't do it. Uh, You know, you're straight up about it. I just don't know why this particular detective continues to just show that he is in my opinion. I mean, look, honestly, if I as much sneeze in that with that PD, I want someone else investigating it. If, if something were to happen to me, I mean it's at it's at that level. I don't. I have zero confidence yeah. um, in, in that, and it's just it's just god awful.
0: Let's it really is. Let's go back and and then refresh it. Not to bash on the dude, but refresh the facts and tell me if I leave something out, Jim. We have. The veteran, seasoned, well respected homicide investigator who says he got the runaround, he was lied to, um, et cetera. And he, he, first of all, starting off with a search warrant and taking three days to get a search warrant and a homicide investigation, which is mind boggling. Then we'll, we'll go to uh, Detective Rabelais the season, the more seasoned investigator, especially homicide, uh, um, asking Detective Green about the search, what the items they collected off the search warrant. And he said, we didn't get anything. We didn't get anything. The DNA test took like one uh, pair of blue jeans or whatever it was, one item of clothing can't be tested. Well, we know that's a lie. We we told you all the items they took from the house last week. um, The what else? Oh, the phone records. The the person par- the, the person of interest. You tell him about it, Joe. Uh, I mean, there was there was multiple phone
1: calls that were made in the early morning hours after, and never once did he bother to tell Detective Rabelais about that, who had the ability at that time to track down those people
0: in, uh, that were off of that phone list. Yeah, uh, talk about a critical piece of information that could have helped him out. Not
1: to mention. He didn't know that when, as he kept coming to Alexandria to interview people or try to work on it, he didn't even have that information. Just flat out left it completely out. And a and, critical
0: piece. So y'all, it's okay. not. Now, you know what Jim it just came to me. It's not only that he let out, left out the phone records. What else could have been done on on that phone? Cause we're talking about Courtney's phone, y'all. This person of interest had it at four o'clock in the morning when she. Had last used it sometime uh, around midnight or whatever, and this person of interest said that she wasn't with her. Um, and this person of interest also said, uh, "We know it's a lie that uh, she rode around and smoked a whole bunch of dope with with Courtney when they were going to pick up the person of interest's boyfriend." Toxicology proved that was a lie, and that's and when Rabelais called Green back and says we need to get her because that, that's the one person of interest out of the whole investigation that Green actually produced for Ravelet. Ravelet told me, and I just talked to him again last night, y'all. He told me that every time he went over there and and he had a certain per- suspect or person of interest he wanted to talk to, Green could never find him. And that's when he uh, uh, got so mad at the point he went to the chief and the chief made him cooperate and so he produces this one Person of interest who gives this story, who he now knows is a lie, proven by the autopsy, about about what happened, what Courtney was doing in the hours before her death, and so Green there can't produce her again. And then he kept rambling, Ravelay kept calling Green about it, and Green finally said, "Yeah, well, I talked to her, and she's not changing her story." And uh, I mean, you know, so the. Wait, wait, but but uh, back the Detective Ravale around on a joyride. Yeah, yeah, the uh, areas of yeah, uh, as if he cares. Yeah, uh, he uh, that's what he tells ta- people
1: in mind. With a specific purpose of what he's trying to get to, and instead of assisting a seasoned investigator. I mean, y'all, you know, Detective Rabelais knows his stuff. This guy was fantastic.
0: He's he's I probably mean, forgotten he more. Is. He's probably forgotten more about homicide than Jim and I would ever know in our entire lifetimes. That's how good he this is. This
1: guy is legit. And here he is trying to solve this case. He has other cases to go to, but this case is of importance to him. And instead of taking him to find the people that that he needs to speak with, you're just showing them like, hey, well, this, this area here is pretty bad. Look at this house is kind of run down. Yeah, um, I mean, come on. That's that, a bunch of bullshit.
0: That's what Rabley I, said. I've had people go ahead, come to
1: with, with Woody and I that you know have certain people in mind. You know what? I know exactly where to go to try to find them. I'm going to get a uniform patrol to help me out if they can. And we're going to find the people that they need to speak with because it's important.
0: That's exactly right. You do whatever you have to do to assist the other agency. Now, Uh uh, back to the phone records real quick. Y'all, the bad guys and girls didn't know back then about cell phone towers pinging. That phone may have already been on its way to Texas. You know what I mean? I mean, just that it's just so bad. And he just lied to him. I mean, and he told me, he said, you know what? He was driving around. showing what the, This is where they sell drugs here. And this prostitution rival was like, Hey man, I don't give a fuck about this. Take me to find this person. And, but he, he, he green conveniently could never produce them. So, so convenient. But <laughs> the, uh, let me further the story. So I'm with the sister and I spent a couple of hours with her and, and really emotionally all, you know, I'm a stranger. She doesn't know me. Then we kind of broke our walls down a little bit. And uh, as the time went on and I asked her, I said, look, I said, the easiest way for us to do this is to, re- you know, if, if Green comes back and says, well, you didn't do this or whatever. I said, I'm a state licensed and board certified polygraphist or lie detector examiner. I said, I would ask you if you, if you would be willing to do it. I mean, I know it's a hard thing to do, but would you, would you take a lie detector with me? And she's like, hell yes, I'll take it with you. And so we set it up for the next day, which I think was yesterday morning. And we, we, at the location, I went, I walked her through the full polygraph process again, like it's supposed to be done, including her polygraph rights and all this stuff and, and everything. Uh, the explanation, how it went, but then we had to define the questions or what we call the relevant questions. And the relevant questions we came up with were R1. We'll call it relevant one was, did you kill Courtney Coco? And of course her answer was no relevant to did you participate in any way in the death? I didn't say that. I'm sorry. In the murder of Courtney Coco. And we define participation as she helped hold her down while they were strangling her or help move the body or anything like that. Right. Gave it. Tell them, you know, Courtney's door was unlocked or something so they could go in and kill her any type of participation. And her answer was no. I asked her, did you leave Courtney's body in Winnie, Texas? Her answer was no. And I ran three charts. And I score, collected and scored the data, and she, the possible outcomes of the test could be inconclusive. That's a, there's not enough data to score. No deception indicated, which means you're telling the truth uh, about the questions. Deception indicated, which means you're lying about one or more of the question, or no opinion. If that's if I catch you trying to cheat or using a countermeasure, or you know you just won't cooperate and follow my instructions. Well, she was a, a great examinee, and guess what? No big shocker, no deception indicated to all the relevant questions. This girl had nothing to do with Courtney's murder, and I staked my career on it.
1: Well, I agree. But let me tell you guys a little something about Woody and his polygraph, too. There's a reason why. I mean, Woody is so good at what he does with polygraphs. If he says that this person is telling the truth and it's verified with his polygraph, I will take it. I will put everything that I own on that because I know it's true. I've seen federal agencies ask him to help out with polygraphs. I've seen numerous law enforcement agencies ask him. You're talking about some of the most sensitive of cases and they come to him every single time. Why? Because he is going to get it absolutely
0: right. So I have no doubt whatsoever that wow. uh, that was a very successful polygraph. Yeah, I appreciate that, but the A big part on the polygraph, y'all, if they do show deception indicated, is getting a confession, using the polygraph to elicit a confession out of the person. Right. But it wasn't necessary in this case. She I mean, it's hard to pass somebody on a polygraph, especially when you're asking them, did they kill their own sister? And she's sitting there taking the test crying when when I asked her did you kill Courtney Coco she's crying I mean but of course she has her instructions on how she has to sit and answer and be still etc and but she's answering it she's doing it because she loves her sister and let me tell you something she's really really close to Courtney close in age and they live right down the street from each other they did everything together they work together uh, every day and i mean so here i am asking this poor girl did you kill your sister if you think you you could be attached to a polygraph machine and somebody not ask you did you kill your sister yeah, or and your body not have strong physiological responses cuz that's what the polygraph goes off of then i mean but the other questions i had to put in the test the the that the relevant questions are scored against, you know, it had it's called setting a psychological set. They have to be equally as important to the person. And it did it, but y'all on a, on a murder te- a murder case. I've seen when you ask the question and they answer and like the, the, the lines shoot up off the page. You, you, you can't even see them on the computer screen anymore. Right. She didn't do it. And shame on Cedric Green, for not only not telling Rabelais that she took a real polygraph and passed it, and the examiner told her, no doubt in my mind, you had nothing to do with it, but shame on him for running her in for a bullshit voice stress uh, analyzer. Immediately following. Yeah, immediately following. Well, what's the point of that? Because you had it in your mind that you were going to say what you were going to say, and then calling rabbley after and saying hey this is it man she failed it she failed it miserably bullshit and and uh, there's never been a shred of any type of proof or motive or anything else that this sister had anything to do with Courtney's murder other than they were super close and that's I mean, and here's, you, know, what, you I mean,
1: know the other thing too Woody I mean she literally went in there Sunrise or something like that. I mean, she she got there what nine in the morning. She was there for hours. I mean, the entire day, no bathroom breaks, no water, no food. All right. And then you're going to pull them off, you know, off a holograph into a voice stress test. Well, if you don't have food, you don't have water, and you you know. <laughs> well, doing the things that are going on what's that going to
0: create but the, it, it was yeah, that's right but it was it was more the first day Jim that um when Green called her in and lied and said hey I have some new information about the case and bring her in that's when he really hounded her ass right. they said for like five hours and now she she you have to take in. There's a great big medical questionnaire you have to uh, pass to be considered mentally and physically fit to take the test. And this girl has some medical issues. I'm not even going to tell you. Uh, I'm not going to violate that. But the for him to go constantly aboard her for over five hours, I would have got the fuck up and walked out too. I mean, you know what I mean? And, and but, but for her to turn around because of, on the advice of her close relative that she trusted and say, Hey, do you just go back in there and you take the polygraph and you tell the truth. And, and which, I mean, it's just bad business, man. So I, it, mean, it, I it, mean, even,
1: even the next day, taking a polygraph, if anyone out there has taken a
0: polygraph exam before, it's stressful. Yes.
1: I mean, I've had to take
0: them for employment yes, purposes.
1: Yes. I've and, had to take him to keep my top secret clearance.
0: To exactly. Be, you know, next to the president of the United States. And I'm going to tell you what, it's still stressful. Oh my so God. So to go from a polygraph and
1: then pulled immediately into another room with a voice dress analysis, I mean, what are you, are you just trying to get a false confession?
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, again, I've given thousands of tests and, and, and every time I have to take one to this day, even though I haven't done anything wrong, I'm sweating. I have my butterflies in my stomach, et cetera. I know the whole process and whatever. Right. But anyway, the natural progression of this case as it should have been was to exclude Stephanie, the mother first and, and Mr. Bobby. And then, uh, certainly we would have taken a look at the sister because of the closeness and, and, you know, maybe some things they're doing or not doing or whatever, but we were taking a look at her, but the polygraph would, would exonerate her and we'd have moved on to something else. Now, what would would it, Given her two voice stress tests after the polygraph. I don't get it. Whatever. So, but again, Rabelais is lied to. He's, uh, by straight up lied to by saying she failed the voice stress test when they, she said that they told her she passed or the examiner did. And he also lies by omission and doesn't say that she passed the real polygraph. So I don't know, man. The, um, and y'all were going to stop. On where the investigation part right now, because we need to talk about as as to what we've done. The because we need to talk about other stuff, right, Joe? The uh, a few more things. The um. Anyway, I'm gonna tell you something. Some shit's about to go down, and next week it's going to be nuclear I, and I just want to tell you this I, I mentioned several times on the polygraph last week that I thought we were going to have a meeting with Alexander PD's higher ups uh, um, I was even told one time that their lawyers would be there or whatever I didn't care The uh, um, the I mean it wasn't it wasn't like I was going in to interview them about the podcast I wasn't I was going to go in as an ex-law enforcement officer and say hey you know what? I'm, I would not going to record them, period. And I, I would go off the record and 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 tell them, hey, you know what? Here are all these things, Th- these dots or treble. You want to call it, Jim? Shit. You, I mean, here's all this evidence uh, of facts and things that have been done wrong. And I'm talking about it looks, it looks bad. It looks really bad. If I was high up at Alexandria PD. I, you damn well better believe that uh, I'd be getting my ducks in a row, right? Well, guess what? Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I, I know it seems like we're we're
1: uh, like we've said it a thousand times before. There's a lot of good law enforcement out there, and I'm not. But we're not by any means saying that all of the PD or all the sheriff's officers are bad. Most of the people are great, and we're not trying to make the department there look stupid, but my God, they are making it so freaking easy right now to make them look stupid because they really did a terrible, terrible job. And and I've lost all respect for, uh, for detective green flat out. Sorry. It is what it is. I have zero respect for what you've done. Um, it's just terrible and shameful. You should be ashamed of yourself to be quite honest. And, you know, I'm just starting to wonder at, at some point, I mean, it's embarrassing You know, and I know that if I ran a department, um, you know, I would be super pissed that this is what I put out into the field. This is, this is what I thought was somebody doing a great job.
0: What the hell kind of a great job did you do? You left crumbs in a mess everywhere. Yeah. So what did you exactly do? I mean, I I don't get it. You know, if if I ran my platoon in
1: Afghanistan like this, I wouldn't have anybody to bring home.
0: That's right that I'll you be doing at some
1: point or another yeah. you got to lead from the front and you got to show them how it's done that's why you're in the top spot so if you know that this is what's going on tighten it the hell up and get it right and if this is all the stuff that's been left why have you need to you need to figure this out and get on it
0: that's right. yeah that and the deal was y'all the um the person that I was supposed to have contact with came highly recommended and from different people. So, has said, this dude is straight up. I'm telling you, he's a straight shooter, et cetera. And I think what happened is the uh, lawyers got involved on his part, right? I mean, and, and uh, especially on the polygraph, but we've been telling facts. And the if we could have had a meeting before, Last Friday's episode, I mean, about the search warrant and all that stuff. I mean, maybe they could add a chance to address it. but didn't have it. Meeting was supposed to happen this week. Didn't happen. Guess what? We found out more stuff this week that Green's done. There you have it. I think the lawyers involved. I think that they're probably. uh, I think they're afraid. I think they're, I think they're afraid of where this is going to go and how far it can go. Because let me tell you something it's negligence. yeah, negligence is the least of the problems, right? If you if you just stepped out and looked it, looking in at the at the very best case, it's negligence. What what's the far end of the spectrum? If you have to look at both ends of the spectrum, if negligence is, is the best case scenario that they've done, well, what's the other one? So, but get off of that. Um, I, I do have something that is pretty amazing and it, and I'm telling you I believe it with every ounce of my being this came about because of you lifers y'all are blowing it up the y'all are the private crew page on Facebook where um yeah the the, the people are going on there as, as more people finding out about the case and coming etc there's a lot of more locals from the Alexandria area, et etc that are finding out about it and people are pissed and, and rightfully so when they hear what the things that we told. And we hadn't lied to you about anything. When we told you facts that were told to us straight out of the horse's mouth or facts that we had in hand that, that could prove that they're lying. And so people have just evidently have been raised in hell and the, Yesterday morning, was it Jim? Yes, yes, yeah. Yesterday morning, because uh, yesterday morning, Jim calls me. It's not early for us, but we sleep a couple hours at a time. I think it's like six o'clock my time. It's like five o'clock his. I, I
1: essentially I, I research this stuff all throughout the evening hours, and I call Woody
0: in the morning and I blow him up. Yeah, but this one, I wasn't expecting this one. It hurt my heart, man. He he called and he said, "Dude, he says you're not going to believe it. You tell him what you found or didn't find." So I went ahead and I wanted to just double check and see if, you know, the wonderful
1: cold case unit with Rapids Parish wanted to know if uh, Courtney's case was still listed on there. And so when I went ahead and went to the website looked, found that her case was taken
0: off of the cold case. It was, It's no longer with the cold case unit. And it, and so it I it,
1: refreshed my computer. I pulled out a second computer. I checked it through my
0: phone. Why, why did you do all that? Still, Why'd you I do it? I did all that just because I wanted to not only double check, triple check.
1: Because for me, I'm like, why Why isn't that? Because it was just there, uh, what, two weeks ago? A
0: week ago? Sure, the last I mean, week. Yeah, I mean, it's been there. I mean, it's, it's, it's been, been recent there. 10 days. Yeah. So yeah. why would it all of a sudden now be gone and down? And so I, I told that to, uh, to Woody and. Uh, Woody. I just, uh, my stomach sank. And, and then it's. it's where well, we have so much involved in this. And I, I thought, oh my God, well, maybe they're so pissed uh, uh, about Detective Isles being on the phone saying it was an open investigation. And then he told uh, Detective Rabelais, called him on the phone and said, it's closed. It's an overdose. I thought maybe they were so pissed that they were just pulling out of it. Right. And I mean, that's a big deal. Y'all It's a crime stoppers. I mean, it's the Rapids Parish Sheriff's office, crime stoppers page. And of course, you know, the murders need to be listed up there, and so he tells me that, and I'm like, oh my god! And yesterday, y'all was the vigil. At, I don't know the official name of it. It's the National Day I Remember something like that for victims of that have been murdered. And Stephanie Courtney's mom runs it, like for the state of Louisiana, and she runs the one in Alexandria, and she is big organization. All this time and effort to go into it. And it's not a day to get up there and say what the cops haven't, haven't done or, you know, whatever. It's a day just to get up there. So the victims names can be spoken and family members can say something if they want to. And I'm like, how in the hell am I going to call no Stephanie? Yeah. Call Stephanie and say, you know what? They took Courtney's shit off the website. and and then, uh, so what, you know what? Uh, be honest with you. I called her and and told her, and she said, "Well, they weren't doing a damn thing anyway." Uh, um, and so she went on about her day. And thankfully, and this is where you lifers come in. All of you, each and every one of you that's taking the time to post and share, etc. Later on, there's a there's two things on that site: uh, um, cold cases and current. And later on. He finds out that just I guess you just hit it by chance, huh, Jim? Or just I don't know what the Again, current.
1: I was just I, I was going back to it, just looking, and um, I'm gonna let you see, I'm gonna let
0: you give this the, one. The he clicks on the current button, and guess what? Courtney Coco's murder case has now been officially moved from the cold case unit. And place number one on the Rapids Parish Sheriff's Office current crime file unit. Let that sink in lifers. That Mm -hmm. this cold, this frozen case is no longer frozen. That they, 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 that, whether it's thawed out from the heat in the kitchen and or, or the combination thereof, I don't care. Just like, uh, uh, Alexander, Alexander PD. We could have met with them. We would have gave them everything. The ultimate goal is not to sink them. is to get somebody in law enforcement to actively work Courtney's case again. Shit, it hadn't been done. And in the – I'm going to tell you one more thing. That article Jim read last week – it just popped in my head, Jim. I'm sorry. That, uh the article Jim read last week from December of 2005 that when the news went to Alexander PD and they said, oh, we didn't even know we were supposed to be working this case. And they go to Chambers County Sheriff and he, he said, oh, Alexander PD called and said, we're sending an officer down or officers down to get the case back on track. I asked Rabelais about that last night and he said, negative, Ghost Rider, that nobody ever has come down from Rapides Parish except for those two detectives that told me that her case was closed, but I I shouldn't have stole the thunder moment. What I'm so proud of is the pressure has been turned up because of what y'all are doing. That the lit, it doesn't matter how small the gesture, whether you leave a comment you share a post, uh, uh, and the family members are, are no longer being quiet. They've been told for almost 15 years, oh, no, don't say anything to anybody about it. Just keep quiet. You don't want to mess up the investigation. Well, guess what? They're coming out now too, Jag, and they're putting posts, and it's powerful. And so the liking and the sharing and, hey, your patron members that are contributing and then the people who are, who are making the donations to, to help us, stay and, and put this kind of time and effort in hell i hadn't been home in almost a month and more than eight hours and uh it's it's those little things that y'all are doing that are pushing this case forward and officially it's no longer a cold case it's I listed number one under current cases so that's big time big time absolutely you know Woody and i we promised this family to get answers and, Dad, we're going to find the answers. Yeah. We, you know, we, we're either going to find them on our own, or we we'll willing to help. I mean, yeah. at the hey. end of the day, Go ahead. They, they, that's right. I, 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 I'm sorry about cutting you off. I don't care who solves it. I don't care if Alexander PD pulls out a golden boy now who actually wants to do the job, and they run with it. I don't care if it's Rapid's Pairs Sheriff's Office. I don't care if it's Jim Rye. Or if we have to take it to somebody else, like the state police, that's right, state or the FBI because of things that have been done or haven't been done, and that option is on the table, Jack. the the I don't care who does it. I want to sit there with Jim or stand there in front of that family and tell them Courtney's murder has been solved. The bastards are under arrest.
1: Absolutely. That's going to be the greatest moment. Because I'm going to
0: tell you, you want to talk about a family that's been through a lot. Oh, my God. Uh, Fifteen years, they have
1: endured uh, constant lies, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, so, it is lies. It, uh, you know, lies. Between false the, false the, hopes. You know, yeah. False hopes to ignoring phone calls to
1: talking them away from taking any further action. Uh, I mean, they, it's like they played this family as if this family is stupid. And let me tell you something: they are
0: not farthest thing from family it. Family, that's right. And they have
1: worked their tails off on their own and have put together some much appreciated notes that I have access to. Um, that I've been combing through every single day. Uh, this family has done their homework, and they
0: want answers. They love their daughter. They love their their family member. Oh my been, god! They, and
1: they have. Absolutely, worked their tails off to try to get this, and all they needed was somebody to help them
0: out. Somebody that and you would think, yeah, you would think that your local police department or sheriff's
1: office would actually have helped them, but instead, they got the, the opposite for whatever reason.
0: We're gonna find out, yep, and 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 that's right. And then this family is something really special, and it's not just the mom and and the dad, Mr. Bobby, it's the aunts. The cousins, they all, like they all gave birth to Courtney. I mean, they all, oh, Miss Ina, the grandma. Oh my gosh. They, they, I mean, it's like every one of them gave birth to them. That's how much they, that's how much love and, and passion is in this case. And I'm telling you something that, uh, it's coming and I'm going to go ahead and lay down the gauntlet again. Hey, if you think that. We're just sitting here and it's week four and we're just now getting to the mom and daughter, bad guys and bad girls. Guess what? We're way ahead of you bitches and, and we're way ahead of you and your sugar's fixing to turn to shit because we're coming, Jack. And we got, we know stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, uh, I so
1: wish we could talk about it at the moment. I know we can't, but let's just say I've uncovered some things as well. Uh, Woody's fully aware of it.
0: And uh, Jim, ha- Jim has come I, – I, I just can't say too much because I don't want to give it away. But if it hadn't been for – I don't want to call you an idiot, Savant or whatever that, that term is. <laughs> the, the, his genius in this, the breaking this stuff down and tying stuff in, we wouldn't be near where we are. He is the bomb. And, and not only the hitman, he's the bomb. But it's coming – Bad boys, bad girls, we're coming. And so we're way ahead, of, way ahead of where you think we are. And that's to all you people of interest out there. You should be very afraid. It's time for you bitches to be afraid and, and scared and looking over your shoulder. You've gotten away with it for too long. That's right. Not more. Next week's going to be nuclear. Oh, okay. The, the y'all, I, I, I just can't say any more about it. The, um, the, I don't, I don't want to give anything away or give anybody a any chance to help anybody or whatever, but people, you know who you are and you think we're bullshitting just wait. So fans, lifers, patrons, People who are listening for the first time, we love and appreciate each and every one of y'all. Her, her growth rate is phenomenal. And I um, I don't know if a lot of y'all know this, but we were nominated uh, by the People's Choice for, uh, in three different categories for a pack of podcast awards. And the first category was People's Choice Podcast of the Year and the second category was podcasts uh, for society and culture, and the third category was for drama and storytelling. And we made the finalists for drama and storytelling and society and culture. That that podcast awards are this Sunday night, and they're going to be broadcast live across the world. Do I think we have a chance? Probably not, because of y'all, it, we're up against. 7 over 750,000 other podcasts but we made the finals the top 10 in, in two of the categories Jim but we were only 5 months old. We were only 5 months old and we're going up against the shows that have millions of listeners that have been around 4 and 5 years and stuff. So but it's because of y'all and we love you and, and our growth rate is just off the charts phenomenal. And if you get a chance, go to iTunes and leave us that review. That does help. Uh, And like us and share us and all that other stuff, huh, Jim? They say on other podcasts uh, to promote yourself, whatever. Just keep doing what you're doing, and we're going to keep doing what we do. And we apologize about the audio and stuff. I guess one day we'll be in some big fancy studio and we'll have uh, engineers and people to handle all that. Until then, you get two old cops that, uh, we just, we, we do what we do. And evidently audio engineering isn't part of it yet, but at
1: the end of the day, you get it raw and that's how we are. And, uh, we thank you guys very much for all the support. You know, and I to tell you that, like Woody had said, all the growth has really, um, it's been phenomenal to, to see the amount of crew members who are coming in, and just the word is spreading. I and mean, I'm getting calls and texts all day, every day. I love it, and it's you know all this is spreading from from you fans, and we appreciate that. You know, I, I can tell you, Woody and I have been getting messages. We have people contacting us all over the country yep. to investigate their
0: cold case files that oh, have been
1: going on for right. years. And you know, that's something that we will definitely look at exploring. But right now we are one hundred thousand percent dedicated to solving this case and getting closure for this family because nobody deserves it more than this family that we've encountered up to this point. And they're gonna we're gonna stand with them, we're gonna walk with them, and we're gonna side by side, hand in hand. They have our commitment on that. We will
0: continue to work this until it is done. Period. For real. So y'all continue to like and share and do all that podcast stuff. And y- y'all are the ones that are making it such a success. And we're, you're the reasons that we're getting all these comments. And look, we've gotten some tips. On the, Yeah, don't forget about the tip line and stuff. I, sh- I guess I should have had notes to tell y'all what to look for or whatnot. Anyway, we got gotten – you know, a ton of tips on the tip lines, and and believe it or not, I'm going to divulge just a little bit, Jim, before we go. A couple of them came in about the same topic that had nothing to do, or or that were anywhere on the radar in in my mind, or Jim's mind, or the family's mind, or anybody's mind, and Jim was able to go connect the dots from different people calling in on the hotline and that's now we have another person of interest. So it's y'all's tips are huge. Absolutely. i maybe I'm give you that information. Go ahead. Um, go, go ahead. I'm going to give you that information. You can either call or text
1: area code 225-395-1302. We'll give you that number one more time. 225-395-1302. Or you can email real, uh, Woody at real life real crime, or Jim at real life real crime dot com. Sorry, I forgot to add that dot com to it. Uh, well, we want to hear from you. For those of you that have been sending in information, it's wonderful. Thank you,
0: thank you, thank you. Hey, and if if we don't respond to every single one of you, I promise you, every one of them is read. Sometimes it's such a volume of information, y'all, that. We only have time enough to read them, and if we—if something we already know, we're certainly appreciative. If we have time to respond, you know what we do. And we then take, I mean, but we take every single tip serious. We have to. I mean, you never, you never know, so you can never just read something well, and be like, "Oh, this can't be it." Well, uh, you
1: have to actually physically verify the information, or find the link, or find something to either include it or exclude it.
0: Yeah, every single tip. Except well, we that, that, that we, maybe Jim, we get, did get one this week that, that, um, well, I guess we still excluded it and, and I won't go into the details, but it started out with, I know this is going to sound crazy. This was them saying that, not me. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I know that Nixon killed Kennedy and they had X, Y, and Z to do with this case. Well, mm, you know, shit. Uh, 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 didn't take big Jim. Big bad yeah. Jim, too long to rule that one out. But I mean that that's you get those, y'all. And and uh but for it gives me a little laugh anyway. Yeah. But. We have to laugh instead of crying, right? All right, well hey, wrapping it up. Love y'all, Jim. Say your peace.
1: Hey, I appreciate it, every one of you. Thank you very much for all that you're doing. Continue to do it. We're gonna to continue to fight on our end and let's bring justice for Courtney.
0: Yeah, for real. For real. And that's it, y'all. Tune in next week. And I'm Woody Overton, your host with my host, co-host, Jim the Hitman Raffman. And until next week or ever, don't let us catch you down on murder by you. Peace. Peace. Hi there, this is Levi Page. I'm the host of the true crime podcast, Crime and Scandal. Join me as I take you on all the twists and turns of the unsolved mysteries that keep you up at night, the criminal trials that rivet you, and the scandals that rock the headlines. Subscribe to Crime and Scandal on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Crime and Scandal, your next true crime audio addiction. To remain silent. Anything you say can and will be against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to and during questioning. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. You understand your rights?